Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are now listening to... Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, because this is the first one, Rich Hill, you and I are doing while the game's still going on. We usually do these on Monday nights after the game is over, talk about the week that was, the Patriots game, the score, and whatnot. But as of this recording, the Patriots are still playing the Dolphins. And we were talking before on the pregame show how we were hoping to have a game uh, where it was kind of over already. We could talk about it. We knew the score, even though it's still happening. Maybe react a little bit. And for better or worse, we got our wish because Oof. Pats are going to lose this one. Yeah, this was a, a rough game, Alec. Uh, start to finish, there was not a single player or coach that I would say did a good job. I mean, the Patriots are losing 27-20. That's probably going to be the final score. Can you think of any redeeming aspects of this game? Oh my gosh! Right, <laughs> that onside kick. I don't even know. Like what they like. That was like I don't want the ball back. Onside <laughs> kick. You know, just just take it. That was just um, like a, let's just call the game. Let's please. Yeah. Stop it. Blow the whistle. Yeah. Um, Pat Shaw had a good game. I think he played well. But this is one of those games again. Like I don't know what it is about the Patriots. But, like, like clockwork, every single year, they just blow one like this where nobody shows up. The winning coach gets a Gatorade bath. I'm still waiting for Adam Gase's Gatorade bath. Tom Brady was terrible. The game plan was terrible. The receivers were terrible. Deion Lewis had a horrible game. Nobody showed up. And I don't know what happens every single year if I like this, but there's always a game they really should have won that they don't. And the result is what we're seeing right now. Jay Cutler kneeling out the ball. And it's a skirmish and a scuffle. And I just don't get it. But you know what? That's part of being a Patriots fan. You let the Dolphins have these meaningless games and you enjoy the time in, in February and January, I guess. Oh, and you, you get that perfect Tom Brady sulking on the, the bench picture, too. This is this is just a, a treat. This is all, a smorgasbord of Patriots haters ball, you know? This is exactly what they wanted to see. And, I mean, before we jump right into this, it's important to note that this makes next week's game against the Pittsburgh Steelers a must-win for the Patriots if they hope to have home field advantage for the playoffs. Because if they lose, they will fall to 10-4, and and the Steelers will move on to to 12-2. And 
And with two games left and the Steelers having the tiebreaker, that means that it's an insurmountable lead and the Patriots cannot get home field advantage. And it really just comes down to the Patriots and the Jaguars, where the Jaguars have such a soft schedule to finish the season that if the Patriots fall down to the same record as the Jaguars, the Jaguars will get the bye week because they have a better conference record than the Patriots do. I'll tell you what I cannot wait to hear about, Rich, this week is how Tom Brady's finally starting to show his age. He hasn't played that well in a couple of weeks. So with that cliff, it finally happened. We're here, Rich. We're uh-huh. at the cliff. I mean, it's these, happened. These no past go two weeks down. are awful. These past two weeks have been really bad for Tom. I, agree. I, I feel like he has to be dealing with something. You know, it, it can't be that bad uh, without there not being a reason for it. You know, and it, I don't think it's age because I think he was just getting hit so much over the course of the season. And even against the, the Dolphins with Cameron Wake in week 12, he was just, just the accumulation of all of the hits has just added up. He's been flexing his hands, it seems like, after every throw. He's been on the injury report with the Achilles thing. I think he's just battered. I, I just think that he, he has he's just too nicked up, and he needs the bye week in order to heal up for the postseason. Yeah, and this game did not help that any. I'm trying to think about a situation where he wasn't under duress. Patriots were 0 for 10 on a third down, which is insane. Nothing but three and outs of field. I feel like their best drive of the game came on a fluke Deion Lewis catch and a questionable pass interference call that set up their first touchdown. That's probably their best drive of the game. They had one touchdown late, but there's really nothing to take away from this game. Again, the good thing about this is, like I said, I think this is just that game. This is that game every year. They stunk up the joint. They're going to regroup and heal and, and get better and, and come back swinging against Pittsburgh when it matters. And again, this isn't really that big a deal. The Patriots could 100% afford to drop this game. They're at, they're at uh, what, a 10-3 right now. And the win against Pittsburgh next week, they're totally fine. So I'm not overly upset over this loss, but just you want to see a little bit of fight. You want to see something there. Just at no point did I feel like anybody on either side of the ball or on the sidelines was fired up for this game. They were just kind of there playing out the string, waiting to get out of there. Maybe they overlooked the Dolphins, went to Pittsburgh. Maybe they missed an injury report. They had some guys that could have played, that should have played. They thought they could deal it without. I don't know. I don't know if Gronk was that big a factor, but absolutely nobody showed up today. Yeah, I mean, Deron Harmon had that little speech that he was given at the on the sideline, and that was just uh... – that, that, I mean, that was necessary. Adam Butler picked up a sack afterwards. But, yeah, there was just no heart by anyone on that Patriots team. The coaching staff just seemed so uninspired. The The offense play calling was just nauseating with those deep throws on third and one and giving those sweeps to James White for literally no reason. And Brady was inaccurate. No one else really stepped up on offense in the absence of Rob Gronkowski. Chris Hogan looked like it was his first game back after a long time away with injury. Brandon Cooks did not step up in the way he should have. He was erased by Xavier Howard, who is a sophomore cornerback for the, the Dolphins, who had been really bad up until last week against the Broncos. So that, that was just an inexcusable performance. The offensive line was bad, bad, bad. I would say Shaq Mason had a good game, but Joe Tooney looked terrible. David Andrews was just taken to the house by Ndamukong Sue, and Nate Solder struggled the entire game. So no one really on the offense had a good time other than, you know, even Rex Burkhead was struggling to run at times, and outside of Deion Lewis's catch that was, in my opinion, a throwaway attempt by Brady, so I don't even think that was intentional. Other than that one, there's no one on the offense that I think deserves any, any praise for the Patriots. No, I agree completely. And on the defense, again, I think Pat Chung had a decent game. Hopefully he's okay. I saw him limping off the field 
Um, but there, there's just a, again, just a, a crappy performance all around. There's poor decision-making, zero adjustments. Basically, the Dolphins kept it very simple. The Patriots had a lot of uh, shotgun two-back two sets, so they pressed man at the line. They rushed a bunch of guys up the middle, and the receivers couldn't get any separation. With no Gronk, the middle of the field was not a danger zone for the Dolphins. They'd have to they'd completely ignore the, the middle of the field because Gronkowski was there to tear it up. They pressed the receivers, jammed the roots, and struck the timing, and most of Brady's passes were checked out to the running backs or passes when the backs were still in the backfield. They had that little time to get separation. And on the other side of the ball, Cutler just ran a bunch of slants and screens, and they ran to the edge because they couldn't set the edge at all. And they did not deviate from that the entire game because why should you? It was working really well. And for some reason, the Patriots had no answer. It's very rare to the Patriots lose via a team just completely imposing their will. It was a one-score game. This game was not even remotely close. I was at no point did the Patriots look like they wanted to win this game. It's very weird to see a loss where Dolphins just came in there and did exactly what they wanted to do. Step in the Patriots' throat right away, never let up, and kind of embarrassed them tonight. you got to call a spade a spade here. Yeah, I mean, they, they were not showing any signs of real life out there. Brady was just really bad. I mean, I'm, I'm just still surprised at how many people on offense just decided not to show up. And, I mean, when you throw to Chris Hogan and Brandon Cooks 12 times and they have two catches to show for it, that's just not a good outing. The Dolphins wanted the Patriots to just check down to Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead, and that's what the Patriots did, but... After two weeks in a row, including a game against the Dolphins, where the Patriots running backs gained over 190 yards on the ground, how do you go out there and only gain 25 rushing yards on 10 attempts? You know, I know that there's the game script, they were falling behind and so they, they couldn't run the ball, but 25 yards on 10 carries after doing so well the, the first or the past two weeks... The Dolphins just wanted this game more, and this has to be a huge wake-up call for New England. I mean, if I had to sum up this entire game in one play, if you were actually still watching the whole thing, you stuck around for the very end, you saw probably the worst onside kick in NFL history, <laughs> where it looked like the Patriots did not want the ball anymore. They all kind of stood around in a circle, and Ghost kind of just poked it with his toe. It went about six yards. Didn't even go ten yards. The Dolphins fell on it. Maybe they were hoping it would bounce off a guy or something, but there was just no fight at any point. Uh, but again, like I said, I'm, I, I'm amazingly okay with this loss. I needed this loss to happen. I say this every year, Rich. They have to play like crap at least once, and I'm glad it was this week and not next week because this is going to be the thing that turns them around. They have a very winnable game at Pittsburgh next week. Then they close out at home against Buffalo, against the Jets. Those are both very winnable games as well because if they can do that and they can win all the next three games – they're still the number one seed, so this is not that big a deal. Yeah, and when you think of the overall context of this game, too, you know, there's no Marcus Cannon, there was no Rob Gronkowski, this was Chris Hogan's first game back from injury, there was no Trey Flowers, Alan Branch was injured and he left the game, there was no Kyle Van Noy, and, I mean, that's only the players that are expected to, to come back at some point this year. And those are some very, very serious and important pieces of the Patriots on both sides of the ball. And so there, there's no excuse for the, just the lack of heart they showed out there. You know, it just seemed like there was just complete disinterest. I don't know if it was warm specifically in Miami. I think it was in like the 40s. I don't even know. Yeah, 50s, yeah. It's like there, there's no reason for them to, to be so lethargic. But they, they were missing some pieces. And you have to hope that when they go back to the locker room, the coaching staff will look at all of them and say, never again this year and they'll point at Rob Gronkowski and say there's no way that any of you can do so much to to hurt the team 
for just moving forward or, or else I mean that's that's it that's the end of the season and this is there's no real positives that the team can take away from uh you, you know so and so did a good job out there so and so did a some good effort this is just uh you know bury the game tape in the the back with a football sort of game and just never talk about it again other than just to to drive you for the rest of the season yeah, definitely. This is a game you just forget about it up tomorrow. You know, I was more of a conspiracy theorist than I already am, which is saying something. I'm a pretty <laughs> big conspiracy theorist. I would almost make some kind of ridiculous tinfoil hat argument that Belichick deliberately does this once a season. He installs a really crappy game plan. He does something. He puts something in the water in New England to make his team lethargic. So they have this one dreadful performance, and he can keep going back to it. It comes at certain times, and he feels the team needs it the most. But obviously it's not true. You don't do it right now, especially in a hat and t-shirt game. That's not even close to reality. But it is what it is. Massive credit to the Dolphins. Brilliant game plan. Brilliant execution. If you want to beat the Patriots, you have to play your best game. And they did that. This is the England's worst game of the season, and it's not even close. I, I, I don't think anybody did anything good other than a couple of Patrick Chung breakups. And, yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to break the, the game down more, Rich, but like, what do you break down? Like, everything sucks. That's your breakdown. You bury <laughs> the game, you, you put it behind you on the Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, who would you say? I mean, Eric Lee, if we're just going to look at the defensive side of the ball, too, I, I think that we need to address uh, Kenyon Drake. He went out there and put up nearly 200 yards from scrimmage against the Patriots, 114 rushing and 79 receiving. And so that's 193 yards from scrimmage. Didn't score. Uh, Jarvis Landry got two touchdowns on 46 yards on eight targets and eight receptions. They, they couldn't defend him either uh, when they chose to throw it in his direction. But they couldn't stop Kenyon Drake. The run game was really bad. Uh, they, they had at least five different plays where they had either Drake or a different ball carrier just teed up in the backfield, and they just whiffed. And Drake would just go on for another like 10, 15 yards after that fact. And, you know, I think that happened with Jay Cutler, too. He dodged Jordan Richards. Tackling was just a big issue. But do you think the Patriots' struggles with Drake? I mean, you got Le'Veon Bell coming next week. And Le'Veon Bell is on an entirely different level than Drake, who just took the Patriots to the cleaners. Do you blame that on the injury to Branch and not having Kyle Van Noy and Trey Flowers? Or do you think that this is something that should be reasonable cause for concern next week? No, I'm not concerned. I think that Kyle Van Noy and David Harris are much better run-stuffing linebackers than Landon Roberts and Jonathan freaking Freeney, who needs to go, Rich. I really am not <laughs> worried about it. I think Alan Branch, uh, hopefully it'll be okay. If he's out next week, or this week I should say now, that's going to be a big problem. You know, it's funny, though, that the defense actually, if you think about the game, I guess we're going to take this, use this one bright spot. The defense actually stepped up. The Patriots had that drive to bring it within 10. They forced a three and out. <laughs> they almost had an interception. They were getting to the tackle. They, like, defense had momentum. And the Dolphins kept punting it back, and the Patriots just went three and out. And then they went three and out again. And then Brady got sacked. Um, and so the defense actually made the stops when they had to make the stops. And so I think that they, they adjusted well when they had to, but there was just no time to recover, and the offense did nothing. If I'm worried about anything next week, it's more about can the Patriots offense recover from this kind of performance, and did the Miami Dolphins maybe give the Pittsburgh defense, which is better than the Dolphins on paper at least, a blueprint for how to beat them? 
Yeah, and I, the, the blueprint is what it's always been. You know, Cameron Wake and Ndamukong Sue were just in the face of Brady the entire night. But I thought John Gruden did a, a good highlight on the broadcast of something that the Dolphins took advantage of that the Patriots rarely ever do was putting out an empty backfield. And so the Patriots had the everyone spread wide. They have five out. And so you only have five offensive linemen out there to, to block and protect Tom Brady. And so the Dolphins saw that and said, every single time they do that, we're going to blitz the strong safety. Every time they do that, we're going to blitz a linebacker. And that'll give them a five-on-five. So you still have the numbers advantage in coverage, but you give a five-on-five five against a unit that's not really expecting it. You throw in some stunts. You throw in some intentional you know, combination uh, takedowns, and you get some Dolphins just right in the backfield disrupting Tom Brady snap after snap after snap. And so while Miami only hit Brady technically uh, like five times, I want to say, they, they had two sacks, one by Jordan Phillips, one by Ndamukong Sue. I think both of them were against Joe Tooney, or one was against Tooney, one was against Andrews. They technically only had three other hits on Brady for the rest of the night. I think that's just a missed track stat by Miami. I think it felt like Brady was just getting destroyed every single time he was dropping back. And it really affected his confidence. I mean, there were so many points during the game where Brady was not planting and throwing. He was throwing off of his back foot, or he was hurrying throws, or he just didn't follow through. His technique was all over the place. He just did not have the footwork. He did not look crisp at any point during this game. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm worried about Brady in the long term, but he's put together back-to-back -back stinkers uh, against the, the Bills and then against the Dolphins. And I know it's on the road against divisional opponents, and the Steelers have always been the, the cure-all for the New England offense just because of how many zone kind of coverages they provide and how, many, how they offer their blitzes. But Brady, back-to-back -back weeks, not looking good out there. Are you worried at all? Uh, no, again, I'm not worried. I think I we, we made this mistake early on in the year, Rich. I think when the Patriots' defense was terrible, we were just trying to. We were, we were both sitting here scratching our heads on like, how do you fix this defense? They're just so bad at every level. Is it one corner they can turn? And then they turn that around. I think the benefit of being a Patriots fan is this game is such an anomaly that when it happens, you're kind of left flustered, like like you you, you caught with your pants down. You don't know what happened, how it happened. Everything kind of seems a lot worse than it is because you're just so used to them winning. And when they do lose, it's some kind of close-fought game. It could have gone either way when, you know, the adjustments are there. Maybe a, a couple bounces don't go your way the right way. But this is just a complete trouncing that the score does not reflect. And when this happens to you, you're not used to it. And so it's very easy to overreact. But I think they're going to be fine. They only have to win one game to at least get one home, home field playoff game. Like I said, I am not – Worried about going to Pittsburgh if it comes to that. I am actually, in a lot of ways, you're going to make a case for the two seed because two seed avoids Baltimore for as long as possible. So I'm not worried long term. I'm not worried about the playoffs. I'm not worried about Tom Brady. I don't think it's any kind of cliff. But I will say, if you don't want to avoid cliff talk for the next couple of days, you might want to stay off social media and the internet in general because that's all we're going to hear about. Yeah, totally. And it's completely ridiculous. In the, the five games prior to these past two, he completed like 72% of his passes, got 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns and an interception, passer rating of nearly 120. So Brady is fine. He's just nicked up. And when he recovers, he'll be good to go. 
Uh, it's just a matter of getting every piece back out there. He needs Cannon out there blocking for him. He needs Gronkowski out there as another option to draw some safety coverage away because that's what happens when you got Cooks. You, you just double cover him. You put someone over the top, someone underneath, and no one else on the offense was consistently able to, to break free from the, the Dolphins' coverage, which, again, is is a shame because the Dolphins were down one of their starting cornerbacks, so there's no real excuse for that either. But Gronkowski definitely changes the, the calculus on that New England offense. Uh, looking at the defensive side of the ball, it, the Dolphins, they opened up the game 13 plays, 69 yards and a field goal, followed that up 8 plays, 34 yards and a field goal. They punted twice, but then they did 7 plays, 80 yards and a touchdown. Opened up the second half, five plays, 46 yards and a touchdown, eight plays, 82 yards and a touchdown. So the Dolphins had plenty of success moving the ball against the Patriots early on in the game uh, before some whatever reason. I don't know if the, the Dolphins weren't trying to, to put them away or the defense figured out how to stop Miami. But for the first half in the third quarter of the game, Dolphins could do whatever they wanted on offense. The Patriots like to play a defensive style that forces the other team to lead eight, nine, ten play drives because they expect them to mess up on one of them uh, and maybe have a turnover or get on third down. They weren't able to do that uh, against the Dolphins. Do you think other teams are going to try and replicate what Miami was able to do? You know, I, I thought that the Chiefs did that in the season opener with Alex Smith, is that if you take what the Patriots give you, that's generally good enough to march down the field and get into scoring position. And you just have to execute it. And that's what Jay Cutler did beautifully. Do you think Ben Roethlisberger is the type of quarterback that might be able to do what Jay Cutler did and take what he's given? Or do you think he has to, to force it elsewhere to, to move down the field? I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is a better quarterback than Jay Cutler. There's no doubt about that. Le'Veon Bell's a better running back than Drake is. Antonio Brown's a better receiver than Jarvis Landry. So they have better talent. I just think there's something in the water in Pittsburgh whenever they come to New England that they just don't know how to play the Patriots right. Maybe it's – I don't know what it is. It's like the, the Joe Lewis to, to Muhammad Ali. And, and there's just something that the, the Steelers can't quite do with, with the blitz packages and the, the zone man reads they do. And, and Brady just does so well there. I think the Steelers, they have been capable of being the Patriots for the past three or four years. Like they have the talent. They have the ability. They just can't do it for whatever reason. And the real concern I guess I have here is if maybe – you alluded to earlier in the podcast, Rich. Maybe Tom Brady's a lot more banged up than we want to talk about. Maybe that Achilles injury is really affecting his planting foot and his throwing motion, his accuracy. Maybe his, heart, his throwing hand is hurt. And if your throwing Achilles is hurt, your right Achilles and your right hand is hurt, that will drastically affect your throwing motion. And so if there is some kind of injury we don't know about, this is all speculation, but if there is some kind of injury we don't know about and Brady is masking it or toughing through it, then yes, there's definitely a cause for concern here. And I guess we'll know more very soon. Yeah, absolutely. So Alec, can, can you think of anything else that you want to talk about with this Patriots-Dolphins game? Because it just it seems like there's only negative after negative after negative, and there's not really much to break down other than they just didn't do anything well in any facet of the game. Yeah, again, like I said, the Pats were due for this. They stunk it up. There's no way around it. Congrats to the Dolphins. You get the credit. You deserve to win this one. I don't want to sugarcoat it. It's like the Patriots blew it. The Dolphins won it. 
And you just got to forget this game as soon as possible. Hopefully they've already forgotten about it. And Ronda Pittsburgh, huge, huge game coming up on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And so we'll have information on patspulpit.com, breaking down this game, preparing everyone for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers next week. But, you know, if, if you don't want to listen to this game again, just because this was honestly the, the worst game of the season for the Patriots, if you don't want to do that, totally understandable. This was this was just a horrible, horrible outing for, for everyone. And uh, on that note, Alec, do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? No, forget this game ever happened. Yeah, absolutely. Have, have a good week and talk to you next time. See you, bud. Later. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.